back everybody thank you guys for joining us again um if you're new here welcome uh that we are we are that podcast and i'm chris i'm here with my two co-hosts i'm not even going to have them say their names because we really don't want to do this every single time but whatever they're ugo they're carly so hey guys um how y'all doing i feel like i don't ask y'all that enough how are you guys you know i'm trying to survive that's just it you know I'm okay. Today was today was a bit of a blah day. I I, I don't know if it was because of the weather, but today was a bit of a blah day for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I hope this episode no, 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 cheers good, you I'm well. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Everything's crisp, okay? Everything's crisp. What's not crisp is that water bottle that you have sitting on your fucking clean <laughs> and not no damn alcohol that you should have in a motherfucking cup and or glass. I was gonna get alcohol, but I got and I very. Got both, I have both wasted. too. Y'all double cupped up on a Tuesday, and okay, mm-hmm. and I'll be double cupped up on a Wednesday too. What about it? I know that's right. And double cheeked up on a Thursday, and double—that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I have no double nothing after she just said what she said. <laughs> God bless. No, but um, today we're going to talk about a topic that we prefaced in our last episode, um, which is workplace woes. So all of the not so glamorous parts, even though nothing about work is really glamorous if you don't like your job, but like all of the not so bright points of working. And this topic touches my heart a lot because I tend to have a lot of those moments. And I'm sure, you know, throughout this episode, we'll hear that both of you guys also have your moments where you're like, bitch, this just ain't it. Like, I'm sorry to say, but to start off lightly before we get into like the meat of the argument, um, do you guys have any just like regular work pet peeves? So like something that's not harmful, just stuff that's annoying, because I know that we had an episode like I don't know what season it was at this point, but it was about pet peeves. And I know me and Ugo kind of touched on it, but like not too, too deeply. But yeah, can we just like go back and forth and just see like what some of our work pet peeves are? Because I know I have a bunch. I don't really like it too much when obviously I'm at work. This might fall under a general pet peeve as well, but it bugs me the most when I'm at work, especially when I just get there. I don't like it when people breathe too hard in the elevator. I feel that. Like, what? what's going on? What's the reason? <laughs> it's literally seven in the morning. You want to know something? I'm so bad. Carly, you I, be breathing hard as hell. No, 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 no. Because you mentioned elevators, right? Especially in the morning, because like um, one of my jobs, uh, we had to take an elevator to get to the, to get to their floor. I'm the type of person where I will definitely like press closed door, closed door, closed door, closed door to make sure that I ride that elevator alone. Oh, I do a shit. 100% all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But speaking on on elevator pet peeves though, the elevator is set to go at one pace all the time. Like there's no fast forward. There's no rewind. There's no pause unless it's stopped at a, at a um floor you pressing the button 25 times will not increase that elevator speed 
And every single time it's pressed, I get 25 times more annoyed with you. I hate it. I've always have. Because why? I'm not going to lie. Niggas think the elevator going to go in turbo mode. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. It's not an elevator deluxe, sweetie. You're going to go the same speed. <laughs> I'm sorry. And like, another thing too, is that I'm okay. I'm okay with like a good morning or a good afternoon or something like a small little elevator conversation. Just because like, I was like raised, like, you know, you should always greet someone when you see them, you know what I mean? And it's very rude if you don't, which is another pet peeve of mine. Like if I'm in the kitchen, getting stuff and you walk in don't say like that's rude to me like you could at least acknowledge like hey or something just something small but anyway elevator conversations keep it to a minimum you know what i mean i'm 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 there for a short time not a long time so don't try to have full-blown conversations with me i also don't like when people type really like aggressively and this is weird coming from somebody with nails like sometimes i have nails so it's like but i really do not like when people type so aggressive, I just sit there and I look at them. I'm like, did you win? <laughs> did you get a promotion? Did you, did you get the job? <laughs> did you raise your credit score? I have the like... meme in my head as you're saying this. Like that's, that's why I'm laughing. I hate that shit. I'd be like, seriously? And, and also just like adding on with typing things. It's all about what you type as well. So like in emails, right? There's just some lingo that I don't ever want to hear ever again like i don't give a fuck who you're quote unquote looping in um if i wanted to loop them in i would have looped them in myself um i don't care about workplace ecosystems i don't care about um relaying information i don't care about touching base with people i don't touch base i don't care about any of that like why i feel i feel stuffy almost like Oh, I'm just trying to be aligned with everybody. Bitch, that's not how you talk when you're off of your email. I think the the most annoying email phrase is um, like when they refer to you as team, like good morning team or something, something team. I'd be like, I hate you. Like y'all not, like, what are you <laughs> y'all about? are not my team. And we be talking shit about each other all the time. There's nothing team like about that. What we really should have a conversation on email etiquette. Cause, and you want to know something else that really pisses me off? Oh, I pride myself on being able to write well. I have great email etiquette. What, what really be blowing my shit is when I take the time, especially when I'm writing to higher ups, I take the time to articulate myself very well in the email just for them to respond back with, okay. Or just, just, just lackadaisical writing. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm sitting here polite thorough you know dot in my eyes crossing my t's and you're just gonna respond back yep okay got it i'm just like really bro like you saw i put time into this you could at least put in time too what did you want a four-page letter i was about to say no but it just no but it's just like i experienced that one of my jobs so much like clearly you see the effort that i'm putting forth to like you know articulate myself well just for them to respond back with some with like four words (laughs) like okay I mean, I feel like it really all depends on what you're emailing them about. Like if you're just like stating your grievances or if you're saying why you're not going to be in office for three days, like I'm not trying to say, oh, okay, thank you so much for um, for the information because I just feel like it was so nice of you to tell me that you were going to be, sometimes it really just deserves the okay. Like, and 
I even though I personally don't think that some like higher ups and managers and should be doing too, too much where they can't give at least more than like a one word response. Sometimes it's just in passing. And like, if they get the the point of the email in like one or two sentences, it's fine. Cause you can have all the email etiquette you want. You can have like a great stylistic email and everything like that. But if the basis of the email is in either the subject or in like the first sentence of your first paragraph, that's all they really go and respond to. I learned that in school too. They don't give a fuck. They really don't. But anyway, um, I'm sure we all have like way more pet peeves that we could go through, but then I feel like that would be a whole episode in itself. So not so now to move on from uh the pet peeves, we're gonna move into the stories. So bear in mind. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't, we don't have to say what companies we were working with at the time, but if anybody has any sort of stories that they want to share that might've really like shaped like their working career or anything, it could be something as small as, Ooh, somebody dropped the ranch dressing all over the floor to like, somebody might've been arrested for da, 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 da. like if somebody wants to, you know, share any story. Cause I know me working in the service industry, like in my past, I have a whole bunch of stories, but I want to hear some of y'all stories because I feel like I have way too many that I could make a whole episode myself. <sighs> you know, there was one job I worked in particular that um that place was to put it shortly, it was a cesspool. <laughs> When you say, if I have any crazy stories, so many come to mind because that place literally was running rampant with activity for days. Um, there is one really juicy one that I think Chris is better at sharing because we did work that job together. But <laughs> oh, I remember this. <laughs> when I so... tell you, oh, Chris, please tell it. You, uh, Chris is, yes, do it. Please tell, tell, well, tell. Well, the thing about it, when she says cesspool, like she says that statement, but like six or seven different stories come into mind. So I'm like, I don't know which one you want me to tell, but I'm going to tell the one that's probably least inflammatory, but it's still like, oh, like this shit is crazy. So basically we had a boss. Well, it was my boss at the time. It wasn't Carly's boss at the time, but it was my boss at the time. And she was dating somebody or married to somebody actually, because dating married different things, married to somebody that was also working at the company. Great cool fantastic my i uh, will call my person laura and we'll call her husband mark so laura worked in customer service mark worked in it everything's cool then courtney from hr also works there somehow we find out that laura is getting really upset for some reason. We're like, what the fuck? Why are you so upset, girl? Like, this job ain't nothing to stress about. It's very, very easy, whatever, yada, yada, yada. We find out that the reason why Laura is so stressed is because Mark is over here, or what did I name him? We'll call him Mark. I don't know. Mark is over here cheating on Laura with Courtney. 
mind you, we're all in the same job, same floor. They're in meetings together. They would pass by Laura to go meet each other at their um at their offices. They would go on lunch together with um Courtney's kids or Mark's kids. And we're sitting here like, hmm, this is juicy information. Cause clearly it shows like, wow, Laura's really excluded from all of the work functions because Mark and Courtney are there. And then all of a sudden, we get a call, we get an email from the president of the company saying effective immediately Mark and Courtney will no longer be working at blah 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 and when i tell you it was like Wendy Williams like ooh child like when every- i tell you when that email went out everybody in the office looked up and just looked around. <laughs> like, um, bitch, did you get this email? Because, like, and like no. everybody knew because, like, I myself even caught Mark and Courtney going out to their lunches and shit like that. I've caught them hugging and being all close and shit, like, da da da. So I'm sitting here, like, damn, like, I don't know how I would have reacted if I was Laura because you have to re- maintain professionalism when your whole nigga is cheating on you right at work. So, mm-hmm. and that's like the base of the drama that went on there. But did they have to put them on blast like that though? Why yeah. they have to email the whole company talking about all oh, them niggas got fired? You know something though, like, cause Courtney's office was on my side of the building, and Laura and Mark's office was on Chris's side of the building, and I remember. Because Courtney, she she always was very well put together. Like, I can't even front. Like, she would come in every day wearing heels, dresses. Like, her, she was on point every single day. Now we know she obviously was doing that for him, right? But I remember, I remember he went over to her office and they left together. And the way he looked at her was like he wanted to tear her out the dress right there and I remember saying to myself like this nah nah like you know what I mean like you tell yourself could it be something but then at the same time I'm like well he's married to but that was my first that was my first encounter seeing seeing them so um so when it happened I I was I was not surprised to say the least and then not (laughs) to mention we also found out that Courtney was also fraternizing with my co-worker um Matt. So I forgot about that. Whew. And the whole time Courtney's married, by the way. She's married, has mm-hmm. a whole whole husband. But she got two whole relationships at work. Like real, like and and I wish I, I wish I could go into context with you guys, like real deep. Like I said, we're trying to be very respectful of the fact that these are, you know, companies that we work for. But I can't like I would have never thought that. And this might have been within the first six months of me working there, I'd say. I wasn't there for too, too long before that happened. So I'm sitting here like, ooh, this was about to pop off. And to think that, like I said, that's only base level to where I got to. And when I left, all the shit that I found out after that, ooh, boy, like. Let me tell you, um, I used to really say, yo, Y'all, y'all niggas hiring because the stories that these bitches would tell me from their job, I'm like, God damn, my job is not this exciting. And even when you ask like workplace stories, I'm like, shit, I don't have any. Like, um, 
I remember you telling us a story. I don't know how I know deep, a really good story, Ugo. I don't know how deep into it you want to get, but I remember you telling us a story not too long ago. And it was about some calls that were made, some accusations that were made, like early morning Crazy calls. calls. Oh, you We were sitting here, we were like, oh. <laughs> no, that, oh, that was, that was weird. That was just weird. That's a good <laughs> story though. Cause that's something that you don't like, cause you're like, Oh, bitch, I gotta really be on awareness at work now. Like, this, this is crazy. I don't even fucking remember how that shit started. Well, okay, to sum it up, basically, um, there was this one random time where I got this text message. It was from a random number. I didn't know the number. And it said something along the lines of, like, what the fuck did that shit say? Like, I don't deserve to work at, like, X company because it's such a, I guess, quote unquote prestigious or whatever the fuck it is to be honest um but the person was saying like I don't deserve to work there I'm telling your um I'm gonna tell you snitch on you basically I'm gonna tell your manager and I got the text message I looked at it I was like okay that and I replied I literally said okay and that's it um so after that (laughs) This story is absolutely motherfucking crazy. Like, I don't even want to talk about it's this. Shit. Nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. It's <laughs> nuts. I'm just like, yo. <laughs> I'm sorry, because the day she told us this, bro, like we were like we were stuck. <laughs> we were like, bro, we were stuck. I was on the floor. Like, yo. And I think so... what made it even better is the fact that like Ugo, you really do just be going to work, minding your business and doing work. Like, that's it. Right. Okay. That's All right. it. <laughs> All right. So once I got that message, I kind of like, I was just mad nonchalant. Like, y'all niggas know me as Carly just said, like, I don't, okay. I don't really care about much. I just fucking keep it kind of low key, whatever. So I screenshotted it and um, I put it on my Instagram story. And basically I was like, whoever sent this, I guess people are just bored or whatever. So I didn't think much of it, whatever. Went about my, my evening, enjoyed my night. Woke up the next morning. I went to work. So one of my coworkers will call him. <laughs> yo. yo. <laughs> I love this episode. <laughs> Don't even say it. Don't say it. I won't. Um, he pulls me aside and he's like, yo, um, I know who sent that text message to you or whatever. Like I got a similar text message um, from the same number, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, what the hell? So he tells me who it is, right? Because when I originally got the text message, I just thought it was like one of these like nonsense girls or somebody who's like, you know, trying to, I don't know. You know how bitches be. I would have never thought it was that person. So he tells me who the person is and he's like, it was Sarah. So I'm like, what the fuck? Sarah that's right upstairs, Sarah that I just saw, Sarah that I don't even talk to, like, et cetera, et cetera. Because I was just surprised. I'm like, um, what? Why would she? I don't get it. What's the, like, usually if you're trying to play a prank on someone, you know, you would know the person or you actually speak to the person. But I was like, okay. So he was like, you know what? Let it be. I already um, pressed her about it. 
um, because I figured out it was her because um, moments before I got the text message, she called me from her actual phone number. Um, and I was like, okay, clearly certain people on this earth don't even know how to do anything. Right. Um, yes. If you get the joke, but, um, after that, I was like, you know what? It's whatever. I'm not thinking anything of it. Blah, 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 blah. So later down the road, I think this was, this happened in August. I want to say, I think, right. I think somewhere around there. Yeah. It was sometime around there. Maybe in, let's say, October, I believe. I'm at work minding my fucking business again. Here comes my manager, comes up to me. No, it was it was September. It was like right around my birthday. Because um, that happened early August. So let's just say about a month later. So my manager comes up to me and she's like, Oh, um, Faith, HR and security would like to meet with you upstairs. I said... HR and security. I said, I looked at her. My heart would have been thumping and bumping out my chest. (laughs) What HR and security want to do with me? Can you imagine? Like, what brown box I got to get to start packing up my belongings? (laughs) Go ahead and clock out for me. (laughs) That's dead ass how I felt. So I looked at her and said, what is this lady talking about? Really? So I'm looking, and mind you, this is a manager. I really, to be honest, can't really stand. So when she was, I was like, I couldn't read it. I'm like, what the fuck? So after a while, I was like, okay. Cause she said it three times. That's how, that's how long I was just sitting down looking at her. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I got up and I started walking. I get on the elevator and I'm like, it's not HR and security. It's my two work friends trying to plan a surprise party because my birthday's coming up. Like, fuck you mean. <laughs> How am I going to act? You know what that reminds me of? You know what that reminds me of? Have you seen that video on Twitter where the girl, she like is at the gas station with her boyfriend and then like all of the cops come up and start like sticking them up like, freeze, you're under arrest and that is really a proposal. That's what, that's what that <laughs> reminds me of. Me? Yes, that happened. But that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm in the elevator because I'm like, oh girl, you're out. You're obviously about to go on your birthday trip. Like they wanted to plan something. So you, how you gonna act? I'm dead ass in the elevator saying. So how you gonna act surprised? Like you gonna be like, or you gonna be like, oh, like doing different things? <laughs> no, I can't. Try to prep yourself <laughs> for the moment. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Nah, I'm I'm telling like honestly when I talk when I think back at it, this is a sad part because I've always wanted a surprise party. So I was really expecting a motherfucking surprise party. So I walk into the room and this dead ass HR and security sitting right there. It's two motherfuckers I had never seen in my life. And the craziest thing is I remember when they walked in the building, they was walking because I saw them and they looked like they meant business. I was like, oh, whoever the fuck they about to meet. Mm-mm. And then I opened the door. There they are. I said, wow, God. So this is it? Like, So they sat me down. They're like, um, asking me like general questions. Like, how is like, how is the environment? Like, do I have any friends here? Et cetera, et cetera. And I'm literally like shaking because I'm like, yo, I didn't do anything. Did I forget to re- reset my uh, password or something? Like, what the fuck did I do? So I asked them, I'm like, what exactly is going on? So they're like, we believe that um, you are, like, I'm now paraphrasing, but like they're saying, we believe that I, they be- they believed that I was being targeted. And I'm like, 
I get it? What? <laughs> accent for me. <laughs> because, because I couldn't believe it. I, I was literally sitting there. You know, I don't know if you guys watch, like, remember watching Jerry Springer? There was this really emotional episode where the nigga cheated on his girl. And she was just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo. And that is exactly how I felt. I was like, what are you talking about? So she's like, um, me and about nine other people were being um, targeted by this one co-worker, Sarah. Like, because they asked me, did anything strange happen at work? And I'm like, no, not that I could think of. And I really wasn't even thinking about like that whole um, text um, situation a month prior. And then I was like, oh, um, I remember receiving like a weird text from um, Sarah and such and such told me and da, 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 da. So that's when they were, that's when, once I said Sarah's name, that's when they started writing notes. Omar, I said, God, where did I come inside now? What did I do? So, <laughs> so they started like writing notes, heavy, heavy. And I'm like, what's going on? So then they're like, um, she's been texting a bunch of other people and harassing them, like um, things um, in a similar um, regard that she said to me. So now they started asking me, what kind of car do I drive? How many, how often do I see Sarah? I said, God, my car. Even my car. Not the car. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I said, I said, what do you mean? Did she bomb my car? Like, what's going on? So there was like, um, where do you usually take lunch? I'm like, well, goddamn. I usually take lunch in the car um, at the parking lot next door. All of this shit. They're like, well, has she ever seen you take lunch? I'm like, well... I believe so, because there was this one time she responded to my Instagram story and she was saying that she saw that same thing when she was at lunch too. So I'm assuming she knows why I take lunch. Da, 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 da. So there was like, oh, we need you to um, send over all correspondence with Sarah. Da, da, da. I'm like, I don't talk to this bitch like at all. So long story short, she ended up being a psychopath who copied my address, my email, my basically all of my information from like the work computer and 10 other people, including our manager. This bitch was real life crazy. Like she had me on fucking red alert. I was like, Oh nah, get the strap. I'm not doing this shit. You know? <laughs> it's crazy. Because, you know, like, like, even though that's a work story of yours, that resonates, that story just resonates so much with me. I'm not going to go into the specifics, but y'all know why that resonates yeah. with me. Champ. <laughs> Yoga, uh, uh, Zumba, Zumba superstar, Zumba superstar, Zumba. Yep. Anyway, well, as you guys with the Chuck Taylor, <laughs> they were mine. They were my Chuck Taylors. They were Bro. mine. They are not in my closet till this day. Oh, I was gonna say, have you ever got those shoes back? No, and honestly, hmm. I don't want them back. I could get another yeah. pair. They're not that. They're not that expensive. I could go get another pair. But case in point, clearly, we all have our. Um, workplace stories and i know it expands way further than that because both of us only touched on one story both um we all three of us have had multiple jobs so obviously we have we have stories for days i know i have stories for days i have stories for days until today but regardless i think the real reason why i wanted to make this episode though is more just for like the the deeper stuff so like in all of these kind of 
situations where we've had these kind of moments of non-clarity or shock or confusion or anything like have any of these moments really like made you not want to continue your career path or is it just like outside factors that might have contributed to that because I know that dependent on the story sometimes you're just like man maybe this field ain't for me like maybe I just gotta dip out but I I just want to know like have you ever had an instance where something crazy has happened or you've seen something happen in the workplace or behind the scenes or whatever to make you be like, mm, maybe this ain't the shit for me and want to just like continue like another path? For me, nothing crazy. Like I would say that would happen. It would just be like the everyday little things like, because, and I, I think um, it's important for me to say, I don't consider myself to be within my career path. I just have a job. Like I'm just working is not really my career or my passion where I'm working right now. But um, I kind of like already have that mindset. So like it's kind of like, you you know, when you're already annoyed with something or with someone and like even the way that they blink pisses you off. Yes. That's kind of the relationship that I have with my current job. It's kind of like I already know I'm not going to be here for the long haul why the fuck are you typing so loud? Like, I don't, I don't understand why are you breathing that loud? Like, it's kind of crazy to me. And you, and you brought up a good point because there is a difference between having a job and being in a career, like to me personally, like a job for me is something that I'm literally just here. So I don't get fined or I'm literally just here so that I make money. If I have my career and this is like what I hope, even though I'm technically in my career now, but I hope that I'm in my like true form of my career. It's something that I'm actually passionate about, something that I feel comfortable being in, something that I feel like I'm in my stride about. And it's not just that I'm here for money. It's because I'm working because I love it and stuff. But it's a good thing that you pointed that out, Ugo, because sometimes like if you're just at a job and these kind of things go on and you know that, you know what, I'm not even going to be here for that long you kind of just like sweep those instances under the rug or you kind of don't hold them to the amount of weight that you would if it were like your long form career because bitch, I'm not going to be here for that long. So like, y'all could go somewhere. <laughs> like, I don't really care about y'all. Y'all don't care about me. And that's the thing. But Carly, do you have any input? Like, have you ever had an experience at work where like you kind of questioned your career path or it's more so just like the outside experiences? Um... Not really question it. If if anything, um, my last, my last, my last job, if anything, kind of solidified more so me wanting to, you know, tap into that industry because, um, my last job was in the hospitality industry, which was something that was new to me. I wasn't that familiar with it, to be honest, but, I saw a lot of lack of representation. Like my office was right next to the CEO's office and he would take meetings with, you know, a a, a lot of high profile clients and, you know, looking at the executive board and stuff like that. Like I didn't see much representation of people that like looked like me. So if anything, it kind of further made me want to put myself in those spaces or create spaces like that for us. Let me not, let me not say, cause I'm, I'm not trying to be put in no room with no white people, but um, more so create spaces like that for us. And then the, uh, the position that I held before that was the first introduction into 
uh, social media, which is, you know, an industry that I'm trying to emerge in. So um, kind of the opposite, if anything, kind of further solidified that I wanted to do this. Um, yeah, I would say that. No, it's good that you mentioned like representation because that was actually the next point that I wanted to get into. Um, obviously, we're a podcast of three black women and there's not many times where we see black women in um positions of power in most of these industries or most of these companies and everything. So I do like really appreciate that you brought that up because that means a lot to me, especially given the point that we are in our mid thirties and I mean, mid twenties, sorry. I don't want to age us, but like, uh, we're in our mid I was really about to say that almost Ooh. right over my head. I was like, Whoa, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm excited for my thirties to be honest, but that's for another day. Quite frankly, I think I'm going to be a badass. I do too. Our thirties are going to be forties. I do too. I feel like, I love that for us. I feel like I'm only going to up myself. I feel like my twenties is like my trial, like the free trial that you get for a week. I feel like that's what my twenties is. And then when I actually decide, bitch, I could pay for this shit. That's when I get all of like the deluxe packages and everything. And I keep on going. Uh, if you haven't that's heard, a beautiful analogy. I want to say, if you haven't heard that analogy, you know that you heard it from Chris from we have that podcast period. But anyway, um, cool. period. But I feel like representation in the workplace is something that I've definitely struggled with and pretty much every job I've been at outside of service. And to me, it's kind of problematic to look at because you see all of these high profile industries, you see all of the high um, paying industries, and I don't see people like me. Whereas you see um, companies that are a revolving door, they don't pay that much. And I see more people that look like me and it's kind of discouraging, but it's like, I want better for myself. So I'm not going to stifle myself and go to where there's familiarity. I do want to continue working in a place where I have an opportunity to break down those walls and, you know, break the glass ceiling and all this kind of stuff. But I do struggle with um, people looking like me or lack thereof in these companies. But Basically, since we're all black women, I do want to tap into that because I feel like it's something that's very understated for people or something that's not discussed amongst black women in its entirety. So to start off at base level, like I know that microaggressions in the workplace are definitely a problem. Um, I've experienced it at this current job. I've experienced it at my past job. Um I know for Can you just give a quick example of like microaggressions in the workplace? Sure. So as as you both know, not necessarily the listeners unless you know me personally, but two years ago was when I started I made my big chop and I started rocking like a really, really small haircut. Um when I also wore wigs at the same time. So I had my wigs on. I was good going to work. Da, 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 da. I made my big chop. And then the next week I came in and I had my short hair and not to, I don't even want to get into the meat of it because even before I left the, my house, I was I had an apprehension of even going into work with my natural hair, which is weird because like this is the hair that grows out of my head. But I was like, oh, like, what are these people going to think about me? Da, 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 da. Like, I'm in like a um, a company full of white people. I do work with some black people, but like all the higher ups are white. And like, what are they going to think? Da, 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 da. And it sucks that I have to think about that. But it's something that you have to be mindful of based on all of the stories that we've had with people with, you know, hair that are tailored towards black people and all of the shit that they've faced because of that. But I walked into work and I had my short hair 
I was feeling confident as hell that day. You know, I got some compliments like, yeah, your hair looks nice. All this on the fourth. And then I got the stereotypical one white person that's like, oh, you cut all of your hair off. Your hair was so long. Why did you decide to cut your hair off? Blah, blah, blah. Your hair was so nice when it was straight. What happened? And I'm just like, um, uh, and it's weird because it's like, I understand, like, I like my wig. But I'm also comfortable now in my natural hair. And now you're sitting here like, well, why did you change that? Like, your wig was low-key better. So I don't know. And then there's also just like the whole, um, I'll, I'm I'm um, shocked that you're so knowledgeable in certain aspects of your job. I've gotten that before. So I don't know if you guys have like had any kind of experiences like that, but I've had so many microaggressions that have been like pushed onto me for like, I'd say the better of three or so years and working now. Um, I don't know. Did you guys have any experiences? See, it's, it's, it's so funny that you use that example. Cause okay. Cause hearing you explain it, I'm realizing now that that's what it was called. I didn't know that what I was feeling or what they were doing had a name to it. All I can account for was like, I didn't like the way it made me feel like, you know, it, it, it felt very backhanded. Um, so like, yeah, now I'm, now I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, why did they word it like that? When I, when I would write a very well-worded email and you know, like they would comment on it in a way, like, like what you just said, like, wow, I didn't know you were like, why didn't you know that? Like, you know what I mean? I've already shown myself to be worthy of this position or else I wouldn't be working here. So why are you so surprised that? I'm shining through in this, like in, in the way that I, in the way that I express myself. Um, and I definitely have experienced the, um, the hair before too. Like I, before, bef- like before I started doing locks, like I, I was rocking short hair and the wigs too, like on and off, on and off. And that used to throw them white folks in a tizzy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, oh my God, you grew 24 inches of hair overnight. Like, that shit is crazy. Please tell it because (laughs) honestly, like, I look back and I'm just, I I just, I nodded it off. But no, that definitely, it definitely resonated with me and definitely made me feel like, "Mm, like, I, I, I wish you didn't say that. You didn't have to say that. You know what I mean? Hmm. Microaggressions. I was about to say a very inflammatory statement, but let me not because now I'm intrigued. Word. Woo. I, I really thought this is like our group chat convos. Woo, got a little too comfortable. Hold on. <laughs> Filter on. <laughs> yeah. Cause you bitches would have been like, excuse me? Damn, Ugo, right? I would have been like, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening today. <laughs> and that's to that on that. <laughs> Literally. Yo, one time, so when I go to work, I obviously, I don't really order lunch too much. Um, So one time I brought lunch and I decided that, I well, I didn't have anything else in the fridge. I made panda yam and goosey soup for lunch. Boom. I'm in the, um, the break room heating the motherfucker up. Here go one of these, oh, I can't say inflammatory stuff on the mic. Okay. One of them. Mm-hmm walked into <laughs> walked into and it was like what's that what's that smell what's that mm. oh i said ah, 
now you guys see why I take my lunch in my car because yeah. now yeah <laughs> that's like the first one that I could think of oh one time actually a more recent one um uh one time I took out my braids and I put my just the last time when I had the frontal so when I was rocking the frontal one of my one of them decided to ask me oh my god Faith did you cut your hair I said I really tried to reason because I was like, wait, the braids are the same length as this wig. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I cut it. I was like, do you know what's more annoying? I had been working with him all morning. And this was when I came after my lunch break. I was like, you, you thought I did it on my lunch break or like, but anyways, you know, I I don't know if this. Go oh ahead. my bad. No, go ahead, Carly. Go ahead. I don't know if this counts, but I just want to share it anyway because it happened at work and it pissed me the fuck off. So, so the last company that I worked for, it was a hospitality group um, owned by a guy who owns several very high end five star restaurants within the city. So, <laughs> you know, the company is based around food. In that office, we ate a lot. I mean, the kitchen was literally like copy and paste from Ikea. They all had it. They always had it stacked with like the best cereals. You know, sparkling water was on tap. Kombucha was on tap. Like it was, it was very, very nice office. Um, and my department specifically, we ate a lot. <laughs> so, you know, long ass shifts. Like, you know, I was, I would be eating cereal or, you know, munching on pretzels or whatever. And then actually eating, going out to eat for my lunch break. So sometimes, um, sometimes one of the receptionists, she, she would like come up and visit or whatever, whatever. So I guess she came up early that morning and like saw me eating or whatever. Cause I remember I had went out on my actual lunch break to get Wendy's and I came back in and she was like, Oh, Carly, you're, you're eating again. And I was like, excuse um, me. I was, I, was, I was like, bitch, if you don't mind your damn motherfucking Yo, when I tell you that shit had me stop dead in my tracks and I made the most skewed face, I was like, she said, wow, this is the third, fourth time today before y'all ask. Yes, she yes, was. She was. <laughs> yes, she was. Wow. Yes, she was. I'd be like, bitch, just because I want to eat three, four times, I'll eat five, six times. You better shut your ass up every single fucking time. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. Stupid bitch. Anyway, um, but like I said, microaggressions um, with black women in the office spans so vast. Like it can go from those microaggressions from eating to our appearance, to our intelligence level, like anything like that. Um, So part of that for me is like, I feel like sometimes as a black woman, they already have this preconceived notion of how I am as a person. Like, I feel like sometimes they think that I'm unapproachable or I'm angry by nature or I'm, you know, super, super like arrogant or, you know, standoffish, whatever. Um, Have you ever had those moments like that you felt like you had to try, like you felt pressured almost to like try to fit in with the group so that you don't like cater to those stereotypes? Because I remember I was on Twitter and I was looking at this tweet and it was something like, have you ever had an instance where you felt like um, you were like shamed for not being 
social with your coworkers. And like, sometimes I feel like I'm here for work, not here to make friends. Sometimes I just don't feel like hanging out with people. But then it's like, if this is a job that I have for a long, long time and I feel like my managers are like really looking at me and seeing, you know, my engagement level with my team, quote unquote, sometimes like you might feel pressure to be like, you know what, let me just make nice, nice with these people just so people don't think that I'm annoying or mean or I will like ru- like ruin an opportunity for me to move up in this workplace or whatever. So like, have you guys felt that way? Like you almost feel pressure to like make nice with people that you really wouldn't make nice with just for the sake of a job? Some I kind of would I would say yeah because the, the like the last positions that I worked they were very team heavy they really put an emphasis on the fact that we're a team you know what I mean they they were oh they all they actually also tried to implement um what's it like team nights like we would actually have to hang out with each other outside of work. <laughs> Oh, brother, the efforts that they made. But like, I, I used to, I used to carry myself with these jobs. Like, you know what? Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. I'm just clocking in, clocking out. And then I got older, I matured. And then I realized, you know what? I'll make nice with you just enough in order for me to feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Because of course I would hate for somebody to not feel comfortable next to me. But honestly, like, Again, because these, I acknowledge that this is a job. I I not I acknowledge it and I handle it the same way that Ugo had expressed earlier. So I'm not looking to really make really honestly, Chris. I'm surprised at myself that we became best friends. Like you really, you made the cut because I really don't do that. Like <laughs> I really just damn like, bitch. <laughs> no, no, that's that says so much about you. Like it's just it was just natural how it happened. But like honestly, like I don't I don't be trying to. I don't try, I don't be trying to be buddy buddy with these people because I, I know that it's a job and I know that, you know, it doesn't span farther than that. See, especially when I first started, well, at the current location that I'm at now, because before when I first started, I warmed up and I actually ended up liking them, but I really don't like you niggas, just in case any of y'all are listening. Um it's a few of y'all that I fuck with you and y'all know y'all my homies, but for the most part, no. So when I first started, they would always make comments like, oh, Faith, you never, you never go to the happy hour. You never say anything. You barely talk. Da, da, da. And I, I embraced that, that, that sentiment. I said, I, I know what you're feeling. And quite purposely, I would like for you to continue to feel that way because I don't fuck with y'all. Like y'all can put as much pressure as you want talking about, oh, um, this, this event. Cause like you said, Carly, like we would have these, like, I guess, yeah, just happy hours, but like they were mad far from the location. First of all. So it's like, nigga, I barely want to come to this location to see y'all. Why would I want to go to another location for it's not even like for it's it's for free because I'm getting paid to see y'all nine to five. I was about to say, and I gotta like pay for the gas to go there and pay <laughs> for my aunt's and pay for my drinks and all this kind of it's stuff. It's a lot. That I don't even want to see. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of factors in play. Like when I worked in the city, it was easier because I could just hop on a train. Now I gotta drive just to hang out, which I don't like, y'all. So no, I want you to feel that 
I'm not coming. I don't want, don't, please, don't feel comfortable around me. If you like, make sure you feel very, very uncomfortable. Because we're not friends. We're not. So there's no pressure that you can put on me that I'm going to be like, I don't give a fuck. And I still don't till this day. And I feel like people need to be more mindful. Like, we are all here for the goal of making ourselves seem better as individuals. We're not here as a team. Like, this is not a group project. I signed the application on my own. I went through the interview process on my own. I got the job on my own. I send my emails on my own and I do my work on my own. Like, there's no way that you're going to sit here and be like, oh, well, because we're in the same department, that means we have to work together so that all of us can get a promotion. Bitch, if I get a promotion, y'all can stay down in my subordinates. I really don't care. Like, I'm here to be above you guys. Like, and I, I say that with all due respect. Like, you know, we all fight in the same fight, but if I, if I win... It's just because I fought better. Like, I'm Floyd and you're Manny Pacquiao type shit. Like, you're going to lay on the floor and I'm just going to be better. Like, you could be mad all you want, but I'm really not going to care because I'm going to be making more money than you. And I'm going to look better than you on paper. But And I'm going to look better than you in person, whatever. But that's besides the point. But um, the main thing, and I say this because I've had the experience in multiple different um, industries is having a black supervisor as a black woman. I have one right now. I had one in the past. And it's weird because I've had conversations with people who have also had black supervisors. And it's sad because the majority of the time, the feedback is not very positive, Um, especially when you're in a industry where it's predominantly white people or you're in a company that's predominantly white people more so because most industries are predominantly white but a company that is predominantly white um i feel like sometimes these black supervisors don't necessarily want to see you succeed like they don't see you as yo you made it and i want you to see the heights that i was able to see it's almost like they try to like stifle you from seeing the heights that they've seen and I I'm experiencing that right now unfortunately which is why I've sort of distanced myself from her and I've gained um more of an allegiance towards other people but have you guys had that experience like have you guys ever had a black uh supervisor because if not I could just tell my story yeah I've had two um two black supervisors when okay just because this detail I feel like matters. I've had two black supervisors when our manager was white. And upon joining the team, she off rip told me how, um, and my experience is opposite of yours. Let me just say that. But off rip, she told me how uh, all of the team members always, always feel more comfortable coming to them rather than our actual manager because of the fact that you know, they're more understanding, they're more patient. He he's he was very standoffish, quiet, non-confrontational, which if those are all traits that he possessed, I'm surprised he even acquired that position. But that's neither here nor there. But um but also the one man uh, the one supervisor that I, you know, show, showed more of an allegiance with, um, she also was an AKA, which we all know is a personality trait. So she was really she was that was really ma. Like she was really an auntie. That- oh my God was shade what? oh my god <laughs> that was shade that was shade my bad 
I didn't know. I thought that was a compliment. That's not a compliment. Wow. wow. That was not reflective of We Are That Podcast. That's the only thing y'all care about in life. Please attack like, West Indian 20. Y'all good. Y'all keep on rocking. Because you know them motherfuckers. That's usually the only thing they care about. When y'all stroll, don't bump me in the party. Y'all know who to bump. Oh <laughs> we just going to edit that part out. No, we not. We're not. <laughs> no, I am not. Don't we? You're right. So what about this AKA? Oh yeah, no, but like she, like she just was very personable, <laughs> and like she, no, she was just very personable and like very like, um, like she was like she gave very she gave big auntie vibes. Like, you know what I mean? Like when she said that people were more comfortable coming to them about like, you know, uh, questions, concerns or whatever, I wasn't surprised because she just had that personality. She was mad cool. And I hope she's doing really well um, because she actually wanted to, she actually, I believe last time I heard she like left that company and like started her own like PR marketing firm, which, which was even, which was, yeah. Right. Which is cool. So yeah, I hope she's doing great. I've never had the luxury of having a black woman as a supervisor. Um, I've had a black man and he's no longer my supervisor, but we're still like really good friends now. Um, but yeah, never had a black woman. I like where I work, there's a team of supervisors. Um, there is one black one there, but she's not like, I don't directly report to her. Um, but from what I can see, like, She's cool when we talk individually, like if I'm waiting by the elevator or something and we just catch each other in the halls or something, but she's very kiss-assy, like, and even my coworkers that I know, like, I'm cool with that are under her, they're like, mm-mm, so... But I've never had one. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so interesting to hear all of the different perspectives. Like, even between the three of us, like, you hear that I didn't necessarily have the best experience having a Black supervisor. Carly said that she had an amazing experience having a Black supervisor. And you said you didn't have a Black supervisor, but you did see somebody who was Black that you didn't necessarily have a problem with. But she seemed like she was just kiss-assy for herself, yada, yada, yada. So it's weird because, like, me having a negative experience with a black woman supervisor, like, especially you guys know the industry that I'm in, you guys know the company that I work for. And I don't see many people that look like me in high powers, such as her, like making their 30 plus years at the company, having the salary that she does, all this kind of shit. And I'm sitting here like, um, hi, like I made it. Like, I'm just like you, you had all these white people passing by and by throughout this company. And I'm still here. I'm still working. I'm still available to do shit. And I still don't have that relationship with her at all. Like, it's so unfortunate because it was like, I've been waiting to have that. And then when I finally got it, it was so, it's been so underwhelming since then, which sucks. Um, You know, it's really sad that you say that because I almost, I'm, 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 I'm almost, I almost forgot that that relationship could happen. Like I'm so, I'm so used to seeing like black women just like help each other up, let another hand be there, you know, that hearing this, I'm just like, damn, that is possible for, you know, for you to, to for you to experience something like that with her. So that's, that's unfortunate. Like you said, I should put into perspective that she also is about 30 or close to 30 years older than me. So I don't know if it's a generational thing to where, you know, she might feel a certain way, but I do personally feel like the way that she's 
acted towards me and the way that I see her act towards my younger white counterparts, my older white counterparts, and my older black counterparts, that if, and my younger black male counterparts, that if I was older and white or older and black, that she would see me as her contemporary rather than her replacement. Like, I feel like she thinks that I'm like a replacement because she is like on her way out. And I don't want her to feel that way in the sense that I really did look forward to having a black supervisor that could teach me the ropes. And granted, do I want to be in this company forever? No, but I do want to be able to have some sort of leadership experience in this job to where when I move forward, that I can say, yo, like, I have this person in my corner, you know, but like, if I'm moving forward, and I have to write, you know, my resume and my cover letter, and I have to get my references and all this kind of shit, she ain't gonna be nowhere near my reference list. And that sucks. That really, really sucks. I would think that she would want to have the approach that you said she's on her way out, right? I would think that she would want to have the approach that she wants this position to continue to be filled by another black woman, as opposed to the position being filled by like, your standard white woman. You know, it's sad that she's looking at it as you replacing her rather than you, you know, filling in for like, you know what I mean? And not only that, not only is it that she wants the position to be filled by somebody that's not me, it's not even a white woman that I would be in quote unquote competition with. It would just be another white guy. So it's like all of these oh, former brother. traditions that we've already been uh, like adept to like for X amount of years, we're still in it. Mind you, this guy is younger than me. He started out as a temporary employee, not to throw any shade at temporary employees, but like I had the education and professional credentials for this job and you simply didn't. So like, I don't know if you just got there because your personality was funny. Like, I'm not going to shit on him. He's a funny guy. He's nice. But when it comes to actually doing the job, actually being qualified for the job, that's my ticket. But I don't even want to dwell on this for too much longer before I get pissed because I've already expressed my grievances about this shit. But the next thing I want to talk about is something that's very like prevalent to right now. I don't want to spend too, too much time on it, but just you know, because a lot of people can relate to it, is just working through um, COVID. So obviously, these are very unprecedented times, and we didn't necessarily see this coming. We didn't see how work would be affected. We don't know. We didn't know how, you know, life would be like in a pandemic. I remember like the last like real pandemic was the Spanish flu. I don't even know when the Spanish flu was like, cause Ebola wasn't really nothing. Swine flu wasn't really nothing in the sense that like, it didn't like shut down everything. Was swine flu serious? Yes. Ebola was, Ebola was serious, some... but like, I was about to say, no, but, like but Ebola didn't shut down jobs like that. Like Corona shut It didn't down affect jobs. Americans. All right. I'll say that it didn't affect Americans. That's, that's technical. Yes. Um, but like we didn't get to, and we also were younger. Like we weren't in like the workforce to like the extent that we were right now. So maybe it wasn't like as visible to like our professional lives as it was beforehand. Um, 
But now that we're in the middle of this kind of thing, um, I know some people have lost their jobs. Some people have been able to maintain jobs and work from home and everything. So I do wonder, like, do you see yourself as more of like an in-person kind of, I want to be hands-on work experience, maybe because of like the field you work in, or maybe just because you like working in the office or are you more, I want to work from home. I want my own space kind of thing. And, you know, has any of that changed during COVID? Because me personally, I've always been team working remotely. I hate office spaces. I always have, um, my interests and my work field grants me to work from home. I don't need to be hands-on. Um, and COVID kind of emphasized that because now that I've been forced to work remotely, um, I don't feel a need to be around people. I've I've been more comfortable here, more productive here. My energy has been up. My stress levels have been down. So I've always just been and will, I feel like, continue to be teamwork remotely. But, like, have you guys had that experience? Like, which one were you and has it changed? I don't think there's anybody that would choose team. Let me go sit my ass in an office for seven, eight hours a day. Like... Mm-mm. I'm work from home, child. That's crazy because, like, in my last job, there was somebody there who strictly wanted to work in the office. Like, they did not like the idea of working at home. They wanted to be in the office. They wanted to be around people. They wanted the luxury of having the two monitors. They wanted the luxury of, you know, having all of, like, the um, internets not having, like, uh, like not having to pay for internet to work and like all this kind of but like they liked being in an office me that person didn't like their kids uh uh, it's funny that you say that (laughs) (laughs) but um if if you're talking about who i think you're talking about (laughs) yeah i am but um no i I, it was a genuine question to me because i do know that some people genuinely like being in in office spaces are like being at work around other people so like if they're if they feel like work is like where they want to be and everything and they like the environment that they work in but like i hate the environment that i work in so i love being home and i love being home in general so um i'm not gonna hold you my last office space was a very beautiful space very very beautiful um i would say if anything let me put it like this. I, I think working remotely as after this pandemic is lifted should definitely be regulated. I would want to split my time 50-50 if possible, though, because there's just something about coming home after a work day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my home is supposed to be my place of solitude, you know, my place of escape. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't like bringing, you know... Uh, office issues into my space like you know it's my it's my it's my it's my space you know what I mean so I don't want to infiltrate that so if anything everything you say stands though because at the same time like I'm in I'm, I'm in my place of comfort so my productivity levels would be higher you know what I mean because I'm com- I'm comfortable but yeah no it's like I, I play both parts I'm 50 50 on it so for me like I know that 
the main thing that I feel like companies were really, really worried about in moving towards remote working for companies that weren't remote working beforehand was like productivity level or maintaining like motivation to continue to work because, you know, you're so comfortable at home. You just want to lay back and take naps and all this kind of shit that I 100% do. But like you you know, you feel like you're not going to be working, or at least they feel like you're not going to be working. But I think the grand theme of this is like, during something like this, a global pandemic, where we're very unsure of how serious it may get, when it's going to end, if it'll get worse, all those kind of things. How do you continue to maintain the motivation of continuing to work outside of obviously making money? But like, Especially if you feel like you're not happy in your job or you feel like you want to switch jobs or you feel like you don't have the job security or anything. Like, how do you continue the motivation to continue to work? Because I know I've heard a lot of um, stories of people saying that, you know, losing a job during a pandemic has kind of stripped away their motivation or it's stripped away their confidence in, you know, working in the, like, the, um, the insecurities of uncertainty have really gotten to them. So like, how is it that you can continue to maintain a positive outlook in something like this? And like, what kind of tips can you give to even continue? Because I really want to know just so that everybody who's listening can get some tips as well. And I know for me, like, I don't even know. I, I thankfully I was blessed to continue my job and I've definitely switched responsibilities during COVID. Um and I de- and I switched um de- I switched departments technically within my department during COVID. And you have to realize like if you were blessed to be able to continue with your job to not lose sight, even when you feel like everything around you is crumbling. Um, I have a plan for me and through adversity, I try to continue my plan. Um, It might seem tough at first, but I have to keep on fighting. And where there's weakness, there's a point of strength, even if you don't necessarily see it, but it has to be sought out. So I know for me, it was just the constant will to just continue to seek my my greater purpose and to continue with what was meant for me. And I don't know if you guys have anything to add or any other points that you guys have had, but I would definitely like to hear those. Um, That last statement, what, what you said about, you know, just continuing to seek your greater purpose, like that definitely is very important. If anything, that that's what keeps me motivated, um, you know, to continue seeking out opportunities and just, you know, being hopeful that my situation will change. It's not easy. Like if, like anybody who knows me, like I always kept a job, like if not too full-time, like I always was working. I always was, um, I, I always was working towards something, always working. So for the pandemic to kind of set that back, especially cause this is my, this is my first pandemic that I've ever lived through. Like it definitely fucks with your motivation. And then what's also really discouraging too, is that the pandemic completely changed how it completely changed the interview process. It completely changed, you know, how companies are going about 
like hiring people. I like LinkedIn, what used to be super encouraging has gotten a little bit discouraging for me because you're seeing people, you're seeing people say after sending out over a hundred applications over, over X amount of months, like I finally secured something and it's like, damn, bro. And they're not exaggerating. Like they're not exaggerating. Like they really have been hitting the pavement, running, applying to all these positions. And, you know, say this pandemic wouldn't happen. Like it probably wouldn't have taken that much. I mean, I probably can't say that, but I don't know. Like it's, it's very easy to get discouraged, but what keeps me motivated is that I, I want to better my situation. I want to better my circumstances. And again, I'm hopeful that this pandemic will be lifted. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I try not to, um, sit with the thought that like things will get worse, but yeah, like you said, just, you know, just reminding yourself of, 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 of what you want to do and knowing that you, you can make it there and you can achieve that. That reminder, honestly, is honestly the only thing that I could think of besides money that keeps me going and keeps me wanting to, because my situation is a little different. Like I was blessed enough to you keep my job throughout the pandemic, but I really hate this place. Like it's the definition of a toxic work environment. As you guys heard earlier in my story, like shit is crazy. And obviously through the pandemic, it, it kind of makes it like, you don't even want to complain about something like that. But um, that feeling still stayed, since March up until now, like I still have those feelings. Like, I I really don't like it here, like blah, 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 blah. And the only, like there are days where I really just get up and I lay in bed and I'm just like, do I really have to go? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like I physically can't draw myself, draw my body up to do this anymore. Um, And in that moment, the only thing that keeps me going, I guess, is the idea that I got to get the fuck out of here, basically. Like, I can't, I cannot keep this type of mentality with someone because work is going to take up a good majority of my time for the rest of my life. Like, can't be miserable. So I think it's the only thing besides money that I could think of that's like drawing me. And like, not for nothing, but especially, you know, I think that me and Ugo can resonate with, you know, being in a job that we don't necessarily like, but we're just here because we're blessed to have it at the point. Um, Kind of affirming yourself that, you know, you're here, you're worthy of being here, you're um, qualified to be here, because sometimes your employers, your supervisors, your managers, they don't provide that to you. And I've run into those situations as well, where you feel like you're working all of these hours, you're doing all of these tasks, you're, you know, compromising, whether it's your physical, mental health, or both. And you just feel like all of your efforts are not being appreciated. And it's like, you're kind of left to yourself to be like, well, I have to affirm myself that like, yes, I'm here for a reason. And yes, I'm not going to let these people who feel like I'm not qualified try to boot me out this door. Like I didn't bust my ass and I didn't spend X amount of time during the inter- interview process. I didn't go through two, three, even four sometimes interviews for me to feel like I wasn't able to maintain this job. And it sucks when people who are your supervisors, who are supposed to be the person that you're supposed to lean on when you don't feel, you know, confident in certain things, don't give you 
that space to feel confident in where you are. And I don't know if you guys have experienced like feeling like, damn, like, I don't know, you know, where, what my next step is. I don't know if I'm even qualified to even be here. Like, and they don't give you that kind of encouragement, like you're fine. Or just like those like words of affirmation. And I know we've had like a whole love languages thing in the past. And I know that I said that, you know, words of affirmation isn't necessarily my personal love language, but when it comes to work, sometimes when you are so down on yourself and you feel like you're not in a mental space to feel like you're qualified or you're doing enough at your job. Sometimes it takes people to see you and to affirm that, yes, like you are doing something and you are here for a reason. And I'm happy that you're on the, on the, on board. I'm, I'm proud of you. You're doing great. All that kind of stuff. Like, do you guys feel that way? Like that the words of affirmations from your coworkers are valid or they're appreciated or is it really just like on your hands to be like nah like I have to feel this myself or it could be a combination like myself um I would say hell fucking yeah I'm big on that and if and I can account for my last position that they were pretty good with that too like um um like highlighting like specific team members and um you know just showcasing like Oh, you you want to know something? Yeah. Okay, my bad. I just remember something that they would do. Actually, they would do this thing called um, team member spotlight, and they would highlight like a particular person from any of the businesses, and they would do a whole like like a little mini documentary reel on them, and just highlighting their craft and ha- allowing them to speak on it and such like that. It was actually really interesting. <clears throat> Sorry. But also, sorry, that words of affirmation is one of my love language. So, of course, I would be for this, right? (laughs) I don't know. For me, I'm not with the shits. Like, and again, this is all relative to my job now and how I feel about it. And I guess, like, the climate or the culture around it, like, it really sucks. Like, these motherfuckers are really shitty. So, I don't need, like, if I'm emailing you, like, on a random regular day, like I need support with this or like following up on this or whatever it is, whatever have you. Um, and then you're ignoring that. You don't give me what I need as a manager, as a, as a team, whatever you like to call it. But then two emails later, you talking about happy hour or, oh, great job on this. Or um, because Carly, we used to have what well, we still we have things like that now where like they'll highlight certain people. Um I think it's all like catch me at my best or something like that. And like you get like the parking spot down, like employee to mom type shit, whatever. And I'm just like, I don't want, I don't give a fuck. Like what the fuck is, I don't get it. Like why are you guys, to me, I feel like those kind of things, like those affirming words or whatever from the wrong people, i.e., you know, the support um, that I have, the team that I have, my managers, it's the same thing as toxic positivity. Like I just don't, I don't, I'm not with the shits. Like you guys are trash. And now you want to sit here and talk about, Oh, great job on this. And you know, um, let's build morale by, um, highlighting people who are employee of the month. Fuck all of that. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, that's real because it's like, it's all dependent on if the people actually show that they want to see you 
succeed in this because if you don't give a fuck about me on Monday through Thursday and then Friday when it's time to do my employee analysis now is the time that you want to show oh my god you're so conscientious you're working to your potential that's another pet peeve of mine those fucking mid-year reviews like bitch you ain't see me every day like you don't know how I am as a worker so I really don't give a fuck about what the fuck you have to say about me as a worker because you don't know you don't talk to me I barely know what the fuck your job title is you don't even know what my job title is so how the fuck are you going to give me a mid-season and a mid-year um, analysis when you don't know what the fuck I'm doing on a daily basis so that's another pet peeve of mine but it really like you said Ugo that's a very good point it really does matter who it's coming from because if it was coming from a co-worker of mine that I relate to or somebody that I actually fuck with somebody who's actually been working with me somebody who's actually been trying to help me and they continue to show me like yes like what you're doing is valid yada yada yada. sure but like if you don't talk to me for 363 days out of the 365 days of the year and then when it's time for the mid year analysis and the end of year analysis that's when you want to have all of this joy and praise for me I really don't care so that's a really good point that you brought up because I really didn't put it into perspective until just now and that actually kind of made me mad and that's actually a pet peeve of mine now so thank you but um to wrap all of this shit up honestly the thought process from <laughs> what because, the fuck is going on with nah you? because bruh i really cannot stand shit sometimes i really really can not to mention it's a whole other shit that like i don't even want to get into because we're running a little out of time but just to wrap shit up like are there any tips that we can give our listeners as to how we can make our work experience pleasant just for us because we don't necessarily have to make our experience pleasant for the company we work for because as we said, we're here for our personal growth. So how can we make our experience working just a little bit more pleasurable to where we feel like we're not waking up every day and dreading it? Or, you know, um, if you do dread it to the point where you literally cannot go on, like what steps or what tips can we give to our audience to be like, you can, you're better than this or, you know, you're qualified for this? I'd say definitely just keep the main thing the main thing. Like if you know you're not about to be there for the rest of your life, keep that in the like forefront of your mind and let that guide how you, you know, maneuver throughout the entire work day, how you navigate through the company, whatever. And also, I strongly encourage you motherfuckers to be as black as possible in these white spaces. If that means even if you start work at 7 a.m., you blast in the most ignorant, I don't give a fuck music when you leave, when you get there. If that means, you know, continuing to bring your pound of yam and a goosey soup into the break room. If that motherfucking means calling out on Friday and coming back on Monday with box braids. If that means wearing your natural hair. I don't give a fuck what it means. Continue to do it because I know that's what I be telling myself. And I know that it sometimes makes you know, the whites feel a little bit more uncomfortable, which makes me feel even more comfortable. So kind of helps me through my work day. Um, I would say just remember at the end of the day that your comfort comes first. Honestly, like, you know, in order for you to 
produce your best work, you know, keep the productivity in a, in a great space. Like you got to put yourself first, put your comfort first. And, you know, don't, don't make yourself small for these people. Please don't. These jobs do not care about you. <laughs> they, <laughs> let me not say it like that. That, that, that was a bit harsh. No, they <laughs> don't. Bad. So no, but you, you know what I mean? Cause like, you know, I, I experienced, I, I know people who really do be stressing themselves out for these jobs and like, you know, be giving them all the consideration in the world. And it's just like, these jobs really do not reciprocate that. You know what I mean? They really will replace you in a heartbeat. And um, yeah, just be mindful of your mental health too. Like, definitely take that into consideration give yourself a break when you need it because these these jobs definitely will get to you I know for me I feel like a big point is you are obviously in the job because people gave you the job so continue to act like you were made for that job if you feel like that's your job like they some people you know they do it out of necessity sometimes they scout out hundreds of people until they find you. But at the end of the day, you're in the door. So act like that's your job and you were made for that job. Because if somebody tries to dim your light and feel like you're not able to perform your job, you're not right for the job, it can roll over into you searching for other jobs. You might feel like, you know, you might see the qualifications list. And if you don't match that one bullet on that qualifications list, then maybe you're not meant for that job. So just go, if you go into every job feeling like, yes, I'm meant for that job, it'll, even if you don't get the job in the end, I feel like it will boost your confidence, like for your personal confidence, because it's like, I know that I'm that bitch and I know that I'm made for the job. And also, I 100% agree with Ugo when it's like, you need to maintain your identity throughout. Like, because let's say that you do get that promotion and you get to that higher space. Bitch, if you don't think I'm going to be as blackety black up in my office as I was in my cubicle, that's what it's going to be. Am I going to have a big ass poster of fucking Asada Shakur posted up on my left wall? Like, oh. You know who that is? Oh, you don't? Well, just know that I radiate her energy. Like, if you want to, like, just be as Black as you can, don't stifle yourself for white people in any industry or any aspect of your life. Just don't don't dim your light because, like, it's uncomfortable to not be yourself. So it might feel like, oh, God, like, I cut my hair. I'm going in with my natural hair. Like, what are they going to think like? They're going to be mad at your hair, like the hair that grows out of your head that you have every day that you have to spend X amount of time on every day that you have to plan your wash days. You have to circuit through multiple different products to find out what works for you. You have to get your um, your lineups and cut your hair and do all this kind of shit. You think I'm doing all of this just so that the white man at my job could be like, oh, well, I don't like that. You need to change it. Like, bitch, no, if you don't like it, I'm fine. Like. I'll go if you're not going to appreciate me because I'm not going to dim who I am for anybody. And like ever since then, like I've gone into my job with my with my natural hair. If y'all got something to say about it, like, bitch, you're not going to shave my head. You're not going to pay for my wig next. So like what's going to happen? But but if you want to pay for my wig, I'm not going to say no because the wigs could get expensive. So if you want to pay for that, fine. Like that's, that's really on you, but whatever. I know that's right. <laughs> but we're going to just wrap up for today. Um, 
thank you guys so much for listening because this topic means a lot to me just because like Ugo said, working is the majority of our life for the next 35 plus years. Hearing that right that period of time that is so depressing i say hearing that period of time is extremely depressing but like the reality of the fact is that we're gonna be in this shift for a while and the closer that we get to the area that we actually want to be in and we're happy to be in and work in it every single day the least problems will come to you guys about and like the least stories you might hear from us um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh do you guys have any wrapping up phrases or anything all i know is that i just drank two glasses of drinks i know Ugo, you did anything else i know that's right sure did yeah i'm tipsy (laughs) i'm about to go to the supermarket to get some snacks some snacks some what snacks snacks look just end the episode i thought i was about to to what store are you going to i can meet you there where are we going word (laughs) aisle three I'm in there. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to you get this story, on aisle three, you want me to get you the story? I'll get. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna go get some snacks. But yeah, um, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, it's We Are That Pod. You can email us anything you want at We Are the Podcast at Gmail um, Keep in mind, we are coming with more material, um, more surprises. What those surprises may be, we don't even know, but just know that they're coming. Um, and yeah, any other things y'all want to say about work? Any you know? prophecies any proverbs anything no but i had these really good um burrito tacos yesterday oh my god jesus you made them or you bought them no 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 i bought them which is inspiring me so when i um this weekend i'm gonna make them because i was not watching recipes but um it was from burria landia and was it in brooklyn or was it in queens Uh, i think we were in queens that's crazy. She wow. said Queens. Wow. But she What's also wrong? said it could have also been in Brooklyn. But it's too. in Queens, so you yeah, can relax. The first one that we were, like, I'm lost. The first one that we wanted to go to was in Brooklyn. We didn't go because it closed, so we went to Queens. Oh, okay. Is there a problem? Okay, no, 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 no. I heard that. I Now that I heard you correctly, no, there is no problem. That's, that's why you need to listen to actually understand and not listen to react. Because all you heard was Brooklyn. If you actually heard what the sentence was. So what's was, wrong with it being in Brooklyn, though? I'm a work in progress. I know that's something that I need to work on. I don't get what's wrong with it being in Brooklyn. Because I live in Brooklyn, and I just feel like I've never had burrito tacos. And I just feel like, you know, if you were going to be in the area. I just feel like out girl. of the three of us, <laughs> you would probably have the most access to burrito tacos. So that's on you to not have had them. I know I have the least access to them out of the three of us right now. So that's all on you. If you didn't have them, either go outside, go get some. Or stay inside and make them. Why are you mad at her for saying that she almost went to a place in Brooklyn that you could have went to yourself? And my whole thing is, girl, fuck you. And what the fuck if I got them tacos in Brooklyn? You was expecting me to come give you some. <laughs> you always, she fuck you. She always asking for shit, but she always want to come back with, oh, I'll exchange a hug in return. Bitch, I don't want your hug. I want your food and your money. Uh, yeah. the tacos are like three dollars you can go get them. you heard this bitch say that she wanted you to make shrimp and grits and she wanted me to make short ribs and she just show the fuck up useless <laughs> what were you gonna bring your fucking Yo. fettuccine alfredo 
Oh, shit. Go First to hell. of all, don't play. Don't play. Y'all know I be chefing it up in the kitchen. Go to hell, Carly. She's <laughs> <laughs> making spaghetti and meatballs and calling herself a chef. Next topic. Anyway, thank you guys once again for listening. Um, y'all be safe. Fuck all the white people at your job. And that's the that on that. Period. <laughs>